come together in your presence knowing that nothing has caught me by surprise. Nothing's divided us, Lord. <coughs> the spirit that is behind the attack against uh, all of humanity. And we knew that the gates of hell, Lord, would, uh, would try, but you promised us that the gates of hell would not prevail against your church. And so, Father, we actively, offensively, Lord, aggressively declare prophetically healed and that the body of Christ is whole. And we believe right now, Father, that this healing and this anointing, the very virtue of God that flowed through the body of Jesus Christ and that flows through sons and daughters right now, Lord, would go into every home, Lord, into every living room, into every kitchen, and in every place, Lord, right now where people are joining us, Lord, whether it's by Facebook or YouTube, whether it's live or whether it's seen later in the day. We just believe and declare that your glory, that your healing, that your virtue is timeless. Yes. And so, Father, whether it's now or whether it's received in an hour or two or ten from now, we declare that the same glory that resides upon this place now, the same glory that raised the cold, dead body of Christ Jesus from the dead would go into their living rooms, yes. would go into their homes right now, their places of work, Father, that they would tangibly feel your presence and know that the atmosphere has been changed that the atmosphere is shifted because you were there and where you are there is liberty there's liberty from sin and sickness and disease we thank you that our salvation is not just the salvation of our souls but you save us spirit, soul and body, we were saved we are saved and we shall be saved we thank you for doing a complete work right now in Jesus name we thank you Father that coronavirus, that COVID-19 uh, or, or any other disease, Father, cannot stand, but must bow before the name which is above every name. And it is for that name and in that name that we gather this morning, not just us, but churches across the country, indeed across the globe, to raise up the glorious, wonderful name of the risen Christ Jesus, to say that you are glorified, that you are risen above all, and that you are the one that holds the keys of death and of hell, that no one can die unless it's by your hand because it's you that holds those keys. And Father, whether it's healing in this realm or the realm to come, we thank you that you send glory right now. Use us as portals. You taught us by your dear son to pray, thy kingdom come and your will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Not just that we struggle in earth and one day in heaven we're well, but that your kingdom, your rule, and the realm of God, and the reign of God, and the royalty of God would come in our very present now, in our here and now, and be manifested so that we can live today, not some glad morning, but today as sons and daughters who stand up in wholeness, in health, and in prosperity, and declare the kingdom of God is not something that's floating out there. The kingdom of God is. And it is right now. Thank you for that reality. I thank you for Sabrina that came in last week and said, pray for me. Pray for me that God would heal me of this cancer that has ravaged my body. 
and in the name of Jesus, we declared healing and health over her body. And she gives testimony as of Thursday. The doctor says she has no cancer. But she's not the only one. There have been many that have called in and said, miraculously, God has moved and God has touched me. We're not the miracle workers, but we know the one who is. Yes. We can't heal you, but we know the one that can. And right now, by that same power and by that same spirit, we pray that Holy Spirit goes into your home, into your places of work, into wherever it is that you are in your small gatherings, that you feel tangibly a move of his presence. Yes. Just begin to open your mouth where you are and say you're welcome here, Holy Spirit. Begin to open your mouth. Nothing happens in this realm until we declare it with our voice. Even the earth was not created until God opened his mouth and said, let there be light. And at his word, there was light. At your words, there can be light and life and salvation and help come into your house. Activate the reality that already is existing in heaven and let it come into the earth by saying, Holy Spirit, we invite you right now. Into these moments where some of us are gathered in fear because we don't know what tomorrow holds. And yet we refuse to allow our souls to be gripped by fear because we've already been arrested by faith in the one that says, I have overcome the world and I have the keys of death and of hell. Our faith is in the victorious one. And because he's the victorious one, he has caused us to be more than conquerors, even overcomers, by the victory that was won on our behalf, by the birth and the death, the crucifixion, the burial, the resurrection, the ascension, and the coronation of Jesus Christ the righteous. Thank you, Father, for this opportunity to come together. We don't see this just as the enemy has destroyed the church's ability to gather. We see it as our Heavenly Father giving us strategies on the way to enlarge our coast, to be able to take up our tent stakes and say, God's going for more and we're going for more. We ask you for the nations, Father. We believe that this self-same spirit and this same glory goes into the nations. I know because they've contacted me even today in the Philippines, in India, across Africa. In Europe, Father, in South America, Father, they're looking, they're watching, they're waiting for answers, and you are that answer. Go into that place today where they are and annihilate fear. In Jesus' name.
in my stead, standing and believing with me that he would be there. So we believe that he's there with us in this room, in the lobby in our church building. We believe he's there in your living room or, or possibly in your bedroom, wherever it is that you are watching us. And so uh, whether we're meeting this way or meeting online, God's there with you and we're there with you. We're praying for you. Many of you have uh, sent in some prayer requests. I put on Facebook yesterday that if you had a prayer request, we want to we want to bring it before God for you. And we've been praying and prophetically declaring over you all morning. We started intentionally with declaring a prophetic blessing. It's straight from Scripture that the Lord would bless you and keep you and make His face shine upon you and give you uh, be be gracious to you. The Lord bless you and keep you. And we believe that starting that way declares His glory, declares His blessing upon you. And now we just enter into His presence. So if you're sick, receive into your body His healing. If you're broken emotionally, receive wholeness into your soul. Many of us right now have lived in, uh, in undeniable fear because we don't know what's happening. And some of us have doubt that what they're telling us is indeed all that's happening. Here's what I do know is that Jesus is king, that Jesus reigns, and as long as he's king, we have nothing to fear. Yeah. I want to read this morning from Romans chapter 8, and I'm going to read from the Passion Translation. And I'm going to start with verse 14 this morning. I'm going to talk just for a few minutes about sons and daughters destined for glory. Because you are destined for glory. And you're not only destined for glory on the day that you take your last breath here. You are destined for glory here and now. That's what Jesus came to do. Jesus did not come to give us a path to one day get to heaven. Jesus came and brought heaven to us. Yes. Romans chapter 8, starting in verse 14. Could you pass me that water? Thank you. Starting in verse 14, the mature children of God are those who are moved by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. And you did not receive the spirit of religious duty, leading you back into the fear of never being good enough. But you have received the spirit of full acceptance, enfolding you into the family of God. Full acceptance there literally uh, could be deemed full sonship. And you will never feel orphaned, for he, as he rises upon, uh, up within us, our spirits join him in saying the words of tender affection, beloved Father. In the King James, uh, the scripture renders it Abba, Father. Abba is not a Greek word, but it is an Aramaic word that is transliterated, transliterated into the Greek, and it literally means my own dear Father. It's the picture of a daddy, uh, not just one that produces offspring, but one that crawls, pulls you up into his lap, that holds your head close to his chest and says, it's going to be okay. That's the picture we have here. For the Holy Spirit makes God's fatherhood real to us as he whispers into our innermost being, you, and I want you to hear me say that to you, you are God's beloved child. Did you know that this morning? You're God's beloved child. You were, you were ordained before your parents planned you. And if your parents didn't plan you, God planned you to be his, his very beloved child. And since we are his true children and we qualify to share all of his treasures, for indeed we are heirs of God himself. And since we are joined to Christ, we are also inheriting all that he is and all that he has. Or we're joint heirs with Christ. Nothing in the Bible could be more amazing than this, that grace has made formal rebels into princes and princesses, royal ones that share in the full inheritance of Jesus Christ. 
We will experience being co-glorified with him, provided we accept his sufferings as our own. And that word sufferings means, the King James says, that we'd be glorified if we, if we shared his sufferings, we shared resurrection. Suffering is not just a feeling of pain, it's literally sharing in his passion. And it may include sufferings, but it means our heart towards one another, our heart towards people while they suffer. Jesus, time and time again in the New Testament, the Bible says, and being moved with compassion. In fact, I'm convinced that every time there was a miraculous healing from Jesus, it was done because he protruded from the heart of the Father and was moved with compassion for the broken and the lowly. And so if you're in your home today and you feel broken or you, or you feel lonely or you feel rejected, Jesus comes to you today and says, you're not lonely. He's moved with compassion so that you can be bring, brought to a place of wholeness. Yeah. Verse 18, I'm convinced that any suffering that we endure is less, is nothing less, or I'm sorry, is less than nothing compared to the magnitude of glory that is about to be unveiled within us. I'm convinced, King James says, for I am persuaded, I am fully persuaded that the sufferings of this present time are not even worthy to be compared with the glory that is about to be revealed. The word revealed is unveiled within us, which means it's already in us. So all that's happening in this time is what is a reality inside of us is being unveiled so that the whole world can see the glory of God is not in a mansion in the sky somewhere in the by and by. The glory of God is being revealed in his church right now. The entire universe is standing on tiptoe. Yearning to see the unveiling of God's glorious sons and daughters. For against its will, the universe itself has had to endure the empty futility resulting from the consequences of human sin. But now, I'll, if you were here in my church, I would make you repeat. But now, with eager expectation, all creation longs for freedom from its slavery to decay and to experience with us the wonderful freedom coming to God's children. To this day, we are aware of the universal agony and groaning of creation as if it were in the contractions of labor for childbirth. And it's not just creation, but we who have already experienced the first fruits of the Spirit, and that literally can be rendered, that have already experienced the awakening of our spirits, also inwardly groan as we passionately long to experience our full status as God's sons and daughters including our physical bodies being transformed. That's right. The Bible speaks of not just the salvation of our spirit and not just the salvation of our soul, but the salvation of our body. Last week, Sabrina Goodman-Moore, sitting on the front chair of this church, started to experience what that is because Jesus did not just come to save your soul to heaven or to save your soul from hell. He came to save us, which means deliver us and make us whole, spirit, soul, and body. And I declare right now to those of you that are in your house that are dealing with sickness that God makes you whole because it's his will in this moment that healing comes into your house and that you not just be healed but be made whole from everything that has attacked you right now in Jesus name for this is the hope of our salvation the first fruits including his indwelling presence his gifts his wisdom and his transforming power imagine what the full harvest of the spirit will bring to us but hope means that we must trust and wait for what is still unseen 
For why would we need to hope for something we already have received? So because our hope is set on yet what is to be seen, we patiently keep on waiting for its fulfillment. And in a similar way, the Holy Spirit takes a hold of us in our human frailty to empower us in our weakness. For example, at times we don't even know how to pray or we don't even know the best things to ask for. Have you ever been that way where you had prayed everything you could pray, where you had asked for everything you could ask for, and you were exhausted because you had no more words? The Bible says that the Spirit itself rises up within us to super intercede on our behalf. Plead to God with emotional sighs that are too deep for words. That word emotional sighs in the King James is groanings. In this scripture, we find that there are three groanings. Creation, which groans for the glorious freedom of God's children. We groan to experience the fullness of our status. So there's a groaning of creation and there's a groaning of his children. But the third groan, the final groan, is the groan of the Holy Spirit. And that groaning is an inbreathing for the complete destiny of all creation to be fulfilled in here and now. So as creation groans upwards and the children of God groan upwards, the Holy Spirit of God groans towards us and says yes and amen. We ask and groan for healing and the Spirit groans and says yes and amen. We groan and ask for salvation and the Holy Spirit groans back and says yes and amen. It's the picture of Adam, a bag of dust leading up to Father and the Holy Spirit breathing Ruach. Breathing his breath of life into that bag of bones and saying yes and amen. It sounds like I'm preaching right here on the stage. God, the searcher of the heart, knows fully our longings. Yet he also understands the desires of the Spirit because the Holy Spirit passionately pleads before God for us, his holy ones, in perfect harmony with God's plan and our destiny. So we are convinced. That every detail of our lives is continually woven together to fit into God's perfect plan of bringing good into our lives. I could pause right there and say God's perfect plan of bringing good into our lives. If you haven't heard it before, many of you say, well, if it's God's will uh, for my life to go well, then it'll happen. If it's God's will for me to be healed, here's God's will for you. His perfect plan to bring good into our lives. If you're sick, that is not God's way of teaching you. God does not teach us by sickness. He teaches us by his Holy Spirit. Now, we can learn lessons through trials, and we can learn lessons through sickness, and he's so good that in the middle of our brokenness, he can teach us, but he never afflicts us with sickness to teach us a lesson. He doesn't do that. What he does is he teaches us by his Holy Spirit. Yes. For he knew all about us before we were born, and he destined us from the beginning to share the likeness of his son. I actually skipped the verse, or skipped the second part of verse 28 that says, for we are his lovers who have been called to fulfill his design purpose. We're his lovers. That's right, his lovers. And we're called to fulfill his divine purpose, which means we join hand in hand with the Father by the Holy Spirit, and it's our job to fulfill his design. What is his design purpose? We just read it, that all of creation and all of the sons and daughters of the earth would know that the glorious risen Christ by his Spirit wants us made whole. For he knew all about us before we were born, and he destined us from the beginning to share the likeness of his son. This means the son is the oldest among a vast family 
of brothers and sisters who will become just like him, my God. Having determined our destiny ahead of time, he called us to himself and transferred his perfect righteousness to every one of us that he called. And those who possess his perfect righteousness, he also glorified us with his son. So what does this all mean? If God has determined to stand with us, tell me, who can ever stand against us? If God is for me, coronavirus has no power against me. If God is for me, fear and manipulation by the news media can do nothing to change that. If God is for me, the, the question is who can be against me? Who is there that can stand against the God who with his hand flings stars into space? Who is it that can stand against us when God is on our side is the same God that brings dead things to life with the breath of his nostrils? For God has proved his love by giving us his greatest treasure, the gift of his son, Jesus Christ. And since God freely offered him up as the sacrifice for all, he certainly won't withhold from us anything else that he has to give. Can you imagine how vast that is? That the Father, his plan, is to give you everything that he has. What does he not have? Have you ever imagined Father God sick? Of course not. That's ridiculous. Have you ever imagined Father God worried? Did you know that the coronavirus, COVID-19, did not sneak up on God? He was fully aware, or fully aware of it before it came, and he's still going to be God after it's gone. Right. It didn't, has it ever dawned on you that nothing has ever dawned on God? Who would dare to accuse those whom God has chosen in love to be his God himself is the judge who, is, who has issued his final verdict over them, and that verdict is not guilty. Who then is left to condemn us? Certainly not Jesus, the anointed one, for he gave his life for us. And even more than that, he has conquered death and now is risen, exalted, and enthroned by God at his right hand. So how can he possibly condemn us since he is continually making intercession for us on our behalf? Who can ever separate us from the endless love of God's anointed one? Absolutely no one. For nothing in the universe has the power to diminish his love toward us. Troubles and pressures and problems are unable to come between us and heaven's love. What about persecutions, deprivations, dangers, and death threats? We've all heard those over the last two weeks. If you click that TV on one time, you've heard of troubles and pressures and problems and persecutions, deprivations, dangers, and death threats, but none of them can stand, for they are all impotent to hinder the omnipotent love, even though it is written, all day long we face death threats for your sake, God. We are considered to be nothing more than sheep to be slaughtered. Yet, even in the midst of all of these, we triumph over them all, for God has made us to be more than conquerors. And has demonstrated his glorious love in our glorious victory over everything. Love has made us more than conquerors in four ways. No situation in life can defeat us or dilute God's love. We know that divine love and divine power work for us to triumph over all things. Three, we share in the victory of spoils of every single enemy we face. According to Isaiah 53, 12. For we have conquered the conqueror with merely a glance of our worshiping eyes. We have won his heart. Song of Solomon, 
4 and 9 and 6 and 5. We have conquered the very conqueror with merely a glance of our worshiping eyes. We have captured his heart. So now I live in confidence that there is nothing in the universe with the power to separate us from God's love. I'm convinced that his love will triumph over death, that his love will triumph over life's troubles, that his love will triumph over fallen angels or dark rulers of the heavens. There is nothing in our present or future circumstances that can weaken his love. There is no power above us or beneath us, no power that could ever be found in the universe that can create distance from between God's passionate love for us and us, and it's lavished upon us through our Lord Jesus Christ, the anointed one. So if there's nothing that can separate us from his love, and there's nothing that will separate us from our inheritance, and our full inheritance is, uh, is the salvation of our spirit, soul, and body, then what is it that keeps us from accessing that here and now? It's simply one word. It's been a buzzword of late. It's fear. The enemy knows his greatest tool is fear. He has no power. In fact, there's a scripture that says when we finally see him, we'll all stand back and say, you're kidding me? Are you serious? This is the one that deceived the nations? He has no power except what power we give him. But he does have a mouth. And he uses that mouth and tries to manipulate and create fear. And if we allow his fear to grip our hearts, then we rob ourselves from our inheritance, which is the salvation of our spirit, soul, mind, and body. I believe that this COVID-19, God fully intends to give us something that we dearly and drastically need, and that's rest. I think we, especially in the Western church, we skip over rest. We're always on the go. We're always trying to make things better, even in the church. We're trying to do more and work to make something better, to make it greater, to make it grander. And I really feel the Spirit of the Lord is breathing upon us right now this one word, rest. Rest as if he's God. Rest as if it's done. Reconnect with your family. Reconnect with your natural family and your spiritual family. Reconnect with the reality. Become fully aware with the reality that God is, that God is good, and that he's only always good. That he's not angry. That he's not sending the coronavirus to punish. That's not the way God works. If you've heard someone say that's the way God works, pray for them. They're just misinformed. But he loves them still. God is always good. And he's given us this opportunity. Yes, it is an opportunity to reconnect with one another. The family of God is supposed to be just that, family. Sometimes in the hustle and bustle of life, we forget just to take time not to do anything. Not to produce anything, but just love. To sit together with family and say, I love you. I love you. I challenge you over the next few weeks to make a point. Every day, if you're alone, to sit down in your house alone. Maybe close your eyes and become aware that Jesus is there with you. He's literally there with you. Years ago, I was in India as a 20-year-old boy, just turned 20. Spent almost eight weeks over there. And I was there with a, a, a general of God who preached to millions throughout his life and uh, preached with the likes of A.A. A. Allen and William Branham and shared the stage with Reinhard Bonnke. As I was praying over there about four or five weeks in, I'll never forget it. They'd given me a prayer shawl I was covered with. I felt a tangible presence of the Lord come over my room. And I heard the Lord speak to my heart and say this. Pray to me and 
stop talking to the image that you have of me. I had an image of God sitting on a chair in the sky somewhere. That's the way that I imagined him. And so when I went to pray, really what I was doing was just throwing up requests, hoping that this foreign being in the sky somewhere that I believed in, but I think was there, uh, would catch one or two of my requests and maybe it would come to pass. I think what he was beginning to teach me was, I'm not there, I'm here. I'm with you. And I felt such a presence of God in the room with me that I even, I even taught myself, I began to imagine as if Jesus was sitting on the bed where I was knelt down praying as if I was talking to my father face to face right here. Over the next few weeks, make a time every day. Make it five minutes, ten minutes, an hour. Close your eyes and become fully aware of his presence that's already there with you. Not out there somewhere, here with you. Maybe there are no words that need to be said. Maybe it's just becoming aware of his goodness. Before long, you'll begin to feel his love wash over you. And maybe he'll begin to speak things to your heart. Maybe he'll, my children have actually had visions and God's given them uh, insight into other things. Maybe you don't receive any of that. Maybe you're sick in your body and you just feel the Holy Spirit wash your fresh over you and bring wholeness to your body. But if you do that, I can promise you, he said that he would meet there with you. He promised us that he would never leave us. He would never forsake us. He's good. He's good all the time. Let's pray. Father, I thank you again for the opportunity to come together with your people. Lord, here in the lobby of our church and also there that are gathering in their homes. And I pray that something that was said today, something that we sang today, uh, would be like a spark plug to ignite their hearts unto faith. That we would say no to fear and turn ourselves from fear unto faith and say, but God is too good. There's an old song that says he didn't bring us this far to leave us. He didn't teach us to swim to, make us, to let us drown. He didn't build his home in us to move away. He didn't lift us up to let us down. And we thank you that you're that faithful. Be with us in this time. Help us to take advantage, full advantage of this time for our bodies to rest, for our minds and spirits to rest. Empower those that are in government by your spirit to make wise decisions on our behalf. Those that are worried about how they're even going to pay their bills, Father, I pray right now that you would send an abundance to their homes, Father. Those that are worried about overcoming sickness that have dealt with it for weeks and possibly months, I declare right now the spirit of God goes into their house and makes them healed and whole. In Jesus' name. Now, if you've experienced, uh, if you experienced something, what I'd like for you to do is, if you watch this by Facebook, jump on Facebook, make a comment. Hey, I felt the presence of God, or I was healed by this, or, or, or make a prayer request. We'll pray with you. If you're watching it on YouTube channel, comment there. Hey, the presence of God was so tangible. Whatever you feel. Also, during this time, this is something I'm always reluctant to talk about, but uh, we do still have needs in the community. We have needs in the church. Uh, for those of you that are members here that have been faithful givers, we ask that you would still consider uh, being faithful in your giving. You can give uh, online, um, Truevine, uh, statesville.org. There's a giving module there. You can actually take out your phone and text the dollar amount that you would like to give. Uh, you can text it to the number 84321. And so if you wanted to give $5 or $10 or $100, you would just type like 100 to, and send it to 84321 and you'd be walked through some steps. Um, it's fully encrypted and secure. You don't have to worry about your information being stolen. In fact, we won't even see your information other than that you, who you are and that you gave. 
Um, you can also give by checking, or you can mail in a check if you'd like to. Our mailing address is Post Office Box 7576, Statesboro, North Carolina, uh, 28687. Um, we appreciate you partnering with us to give. God bless you, and we hope to see you next week.